Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, even Saturday. Noble Knight is a brick-and-mortar game store. Support small businesses that also exists online. Open 24-7 on the web. They have D&D and other cool RPGs. Any edition, any game. Even out-of-print products. And at a discounted price. That's out of control. Have a bunch of old game products collecting dust. Dangerous allergens. Noble Knight will buy the old stuff you aren't using anymore. Looking at you, Indiana Jones RPG. So go to noblenight.com and get buying and sell it. Take back your life. And tell them the Tone Show sent you. Today, we're talking about Elemental Evil and how it affects the Adventurers League. Let's meet the very special panel. Panelists, please tell us who you are and what you do for the Adventurers League. Let's start with you, Robert Aducci. Um, I am, uh, I think, Robert Aducci. Yep, that's what James just said. Um, I am the community manager, so um, I manage the uh, social media and uh, do stuff on the website as well. Yes, absolutely. And Robert helped me organize everybody and get them here for this podcast. So, Robert, thank you very much. No worries. Greg Marks, what do you do for the Adventurers League? Uh, I'm the associate resource manager. So, mostly that means I help Bill. Uh, I do miscellaneous things as well writing, editing, answering forum posts, whatever people need. Gotcha. Noel, thank you very much for coming on the show today. And Bill Benham, what do you do at the Adventurers League? Well, hi there, James. I am indeed Bill Benham, and uh, I'm the resource manager, so I take authors, assign them to material, or designers, I should say, uh, assign them to material, um, and kind of assist them to get the information over to Mr. Travis Woodall. Uh Aha, excellent segue. Travis (laughs) Woodall, what do you do at the Adventurers League? Well, I am the content manager for uh, Adventures League, and for the most part, I sit in a dark, uh, dank room, locked away, shut away from the world, and uh, edit documents and edit the adventures and get them ready for delivery, and so folks can have fun playing them. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for all the work that you do. And Alan Patrick, what do you do for the Adventures League? Hey there. I am the associate community manager. I assist Robert. Uh, I'm in charge of our website. I, I help him out with some of our other like Facebook and Twitter presence. Uh, beyond that, I'm a recovering actor, so getting out in the community is kind of what I do. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming on. And of course, uh, we got to pour one out for Claire Hoffman, who could not be with us. <laughs> Uh, not because she's dead or anything, just she, she just had a conflict couldn't be here. It's an important distinction. We shall yes. pour a 40 for Claire Hoffman. Uh, and I am guessing that Claire assist, uh, assists you, Travis, is that correct? She does, absolutely. She is a, she is of immeasurable value. She, uh, has my back with reviewing, uh, again, reviewing all the documents, making sure that we, we're putting out the best product we can. Of course. And, you know, gentlemen, obviously I want to thank you all for being on the show, but I also want to thank you for all of the work that you're doing for the Adventurers League. So, uh, you know, you guys are out there busting your hump, and I'm sure like many people who work in the gaming industry, uh, a fair amount of what you do is out of passion and not for the many, many gold pieces you're making. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Well, wh- why don't we start things off with a get-to-know-you question as we do here on the roundtable. Today's get-to-know-you question, what monster do you want to polymorph into? Let's start with you, Robert. Well, it's got to be a dinosaur, and uh, I think I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Ankylosaurus. I always wanted to have one as a kid, and if I can't have one, I might as well be one. <laughs> oh, you chose the best dinosaur, by the way. That's right. By far the best dinosaur. Greg Marks, what would you polymorph into? Well, I know that everybody assumes I'm going to say Tressum because why do you not want to be a flying cat? But I'm going to go with Pit Fiend. Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I mean, you know, why, why half measure? Let's just go all the way. Right, right. For obvious reasons, I think we can just say. So, Bill, what monster do you want to polymorph into? Well, my monster is now feeling rather uh, tiny and inconsequential next to the armored behemoth and the pit fiend. I'm a big fan of blink dogs. <laughs> ah. You know, I need someone to throw a newspaper to. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm clutching my chest in pain. <laughs> Let me just say that uh, blink dogs are way cooler than flying cats. So <laughs> that's right. We went there. What monster do you want to polymorph into, Alan? I can neither confirm nor deny that I may already be a mind player. Ah, <laughs> uh, that is terrifying. Uh, look out, Robert. Uh, <laughs> Travis, what monster do you want to polymorph into? Um, I'm going to go with the Thrike Preen because having a second set of hands would be of a lot of help uh, getting ready for Winter Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for sure. Head there, dude. All right, well, let's get right into it, guys. Elemental Evil. We heard the announcement this week that uh, Wizards is officially putting out Elemental Evil on all of their channels. Sounds like the Neverwinter MMO. They're putting out a board game. They're putting out a new adventure path with Sasquatch. And we know that this is also going to tie into the Adventurers League. So my question to you is, of course, what events will this tie into as far as the Adventurers League goes? Um, well, one of the things that we've tried to accomplish with the Expedition uh, Adventures so far is to make sure that they're all tied together. Um, and not just from you know season to season, but also just from adventure to adventure as well. Um, and even at you know really basic level, um, the designers that we've had and the you know, myself and the other admins have done a really good job at making sure that they work together to tell a story, even if it's something where, you know, you play one adventure, you know, that comes later in the series and then go back and play another one. Uh, there's still good ties between the two. of them. Um, now, there's going to be a good amount of disconnect just as the campaign shifts in focus from Flan to Molemaster. But I'd say that it would be a safe bet to see a familiar face or two as we delve into the city of danger. Nice, nice. Well, that'll be pretty cool to see how that all ties together. And I also like that we are going to see, of course, the Princes of the Apocalypse adventure. Um, Do you guys have anything that you can reveal for your Epics event yet? Um... You know what? It's epic. <laughs> it, it will be epic. Um, but you know what? I think we're going to close hold. Uh, we're going to we're going to close hold the information on the epic. But it is going to be. Um, it it is going to be quite a uh, quite an affair to remember if you can get out to Origins, say, and uh, and check it out. 
Yes, yeah, and we do encourage everybody who is going to Origins or thinking about going to Origins to definitely check out the D&D events while you are there. So, Elemental Evil, what can you guys tell me about the overall story? Obviously, there's a lot that you have to keep close to the vest, and we certainly understand that. But but give us some tidbits, entice people out there. Why should they want to play Elemental Evil? Well, one of the here's the like the big tagline that I uh, that I liked when I when we first started learning about Elemental Evil was it's uh, it's it's un- uncover the deception. All right. So when with with the the cult of elemental evil, we're talking about uh, not so much overt, like say in Tyranny of Dragons, but something kind of much more initially kind of subtle and uh, malevolent that kind of maybe turns a, a bustling metropolis like uh, Molemaster say against itself in mm-hmm. various ways. Um, Travis, did you have anything to add to that? Um. I mean, like Bill said, there's not a whole lot we can go into right now. Um, but, you know, one of the key themes with the cult is, you know, by the time that you figured out they're there, it may or may not be too late. So, uh, but <laughs> as to what their plans are, uh, that's anyone's guess. Excellent. Is it safe to assume that these plans may involve some sort of temple? Um, you can make that assumption. Uh, there is a nice. saying about, you know, what happens when you make assumptions, but um, it, we'll just have to wait and see. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to see. And for people who uh, are wondering, when does it all start? When does it all start? So um, we're going to have D&D Encounter starting um, March, you know, around March 18th. Um, depending on when everything comes out. Uh, so that'll be the, the beginning for, of Encounters. Um, our first expeditions will come out uh, March 13th through 15th um, at ConCon. And um, there, we're actually going to have five different adventures premiering in the month of March, which is pretty awesome. Um, and a couple of those. So the first one is going to be uh, City of Danger. And it um, it's like the first adventure from Tyranny of Dragons. It features five mini-adventures which is great for introducing uh, new people. Um, and then there's going to be two adventures that are one to four, I believe, um, and two adventures that are five to ten in the month of March. I know that one is, of course, designed by Mike Shea, who is a uh, big regular contributor here on the Tome Show and a great guy. Yeah, uh, Mike is doing the Drown Tower, uh, which is a five to ten, a level five to ten adventure. Um, that'll be premiering at GameStorm. Back to the uh, kind of initial adventure is uh, City of Danger. And Sean Merwin, who wrote uh, uh, um, 1-1, what is it? Defiance and Flame. Defiance and Flame. He's writing uh, City of Danger. Uh, And then Embers of Elmwood. Uh, Elmwood is being written by Daniel Helmick. Uh, He wrote another uh, Tyranny adventure. Um, And then um, Will Doyle is writing Mayhem in the Earth Spur. Um, Mines, and he's also a previous writer for us. And then um, we've got a newcomer uh, for Flames of Kythorn, um, John Rasamango. I should say he's a newcomer to to Expeditions, but he's uh, you'll see his name on a few few older products as well. Yeah, yeah, these are some great names. It's great to see that these are the guys who are uh, designing for Expeditions. So let's talk about Expeditions a little bit. Why Mole Master? What, what is it about that city that makes it ripe for elemental evil? Well. It's partly because I think it is a city. I mean, 
when we did Tyranny of Flan, it was great to go back to our Tyranny of Dragons. It was great to go back to Flan because it was sort of a smaller, well-loved, well-known town. And the Tyranny of Dragons was much more overt. So you didn't need as many layers to hide it, to wrap it into a story. When we move on to Mullmaster, you're going to see a much larger city with nobles, with guilds, with a lot more politics going on. And that sort of fits the theme of the year that there's this, this, you're always in some sort of danger, but it's hard to know exactly how close you are to that knife's edge because everything is so either genteel or wild at any given minute, depending on where you are in the city. It's that big feel and you can do a lot more things uh, with Mullmaster that you couldn't do with Flan. Nice, nice. So, you know, like you were talking about a lot of intrigue and that sort of thing, it sounds like uh, you can do in a larger city that you couldn't necessarily yeah. do. When it, it also leads us to be able to wrap in the old story a little bit more because Mullmaster has resources potentially that you could see Flan needing or that PCs might want to try to gather to help the problems that are currently ongoing in Flan. Nice. Well, that sounds really cool. I can't wait to get my hands on these guys. It sounds great. <laughs> um, so what factions will be back for Elemental Evil? Are we going to see all five? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the factions there, they, you know, they operate all the way, you know, all across Faerun. Um, uh, and you know, they have folks in Lowmaster, just as they have folks in Flan. Um, so I would imagine that most of the cities have some sort of presence with the with the five factions and when something pop you know when some sort of trouble pops up you know they they respond uh so i think it's a pretty sure bet to see the the, the five factions again so do you think the five factions will be more involved in elemental evil than they were in tyranny of dragons i know that that was one thing uh we heard from some of our our dms who uh come on the podcast who do organized play that they wish the factions had been a little more involved in tyranny of dragons yeah to an extent um it's one you know ramping their uh presence is you know wrapping it up a little bit is something that you know i'd like to see done um but ultimately you know it's you know, Forgotten Realms has its share of you know famous <laughs> protagonists. It's it's. I think it's nice to you know let the let the let the little guys have their turn in the spotlight. <laughs> oh, and it did seem that the factions play a large part in Rise of Tiamat as well, um, which you can play in in casual play. Let me ask you guys this question then, leading off of that. What do you hope to do with the Adventurers League during Elemental Evil that you didn't do during Tyranny of Dragons? Perhaps except for Claire, I'm probably the one with that's been around in the RPG in some sort of uh, management capacity for the longest. So the, the thing I see from that standpoint, having run a lot of the previous OP campaigns, is, is player investment. That's what I want. I want to make sure that there's enough of the old story that you feel like your character is still growing and still involved and there's something that you can do based on what you started doing. And that whatever we do to build that investment, however, isn't such a barrier that if you're a new player, you can't start. I want to make sure that it's not a barrier to those kind of people. Uh, I'll jump in next. I think um, I just want to see a lot more uh, player involvement in that, you know, players are sort of making decisions um, within the factions um, as, as players rise in the faction ranks and they have more control over um kind of the fact, the way the factions go, um, you know, in, in each of the cities, we, you know, I'd really like to see that kind of shine and, and, uh, 
just really see really see players um, take the factions in directions that that we didn't we didn't know because for example in um in tyranny we we really didn't know where the story was going as 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 the adventures were written you know the authors were would sort of add uh bits and pieces and then other authors would add on to it um so it really formed the core of the story um and, and i'd like to see that you know continue to happen with the with the designers and uh and with the players nice nice yeah i would love to see that too that sounds awesome yeah, and i'll expand on both what robert and greg said um going with you know the the course of the storyline i'd like to see because uh, where the storyline goes is kind of a result of uh, critical events like things that happen in a certain adventure you know there's when they have a premiere um the players are given a survey to fill out you know on you know, did you, you know, did this guy die or did this person get saved or did you save, you know, did you rescue this, this thing? And then the results of that we incorporate into future adventures. I'd like to expand on that a little bit and try to make it more wide scale changes instead of just limiting it to like a particular NPC or, you know, or whatnot. But, you know, one of the things, you know, in, in that regard with, one dash eight was, uh, negotiating the pact with you know with the with the fey of the quivering forest and you know if you've played one dash ten you can see how that panned out (laughs) (laughs) um but then along where greg was saying you know one of the big things with the cult of elemental evil is you know corruption and i'd like to see you know you have npcs that are corrupted by you know the, the the cult's influence and I'd like to see something along along the lines of, you know, maybe introducing that aspect with the players themselves, having them uh, see what kind of things we can tempt them to do. Yeah, to uh, to go along with what uh, well, everybody else has said, I'm actually most excited uh, about the epic. And really, when we talk about player investment and the story, once the epic has premiered and the, you know, the players' actions, when that's run are going to have a definitive impact on what Mole Master looks like going forward in the campaign. So um, really having folks feel like, especially if they're able to get to you know, a convention, because we want people to go to conventions and be, you know, be a part of that if they can, um, to really feel like when they walk away, like, oh my God, you know, we did this thing and now you know, see the impact that their actions or lack thereof have on this place <laughs> where, um, where their characters are adventuring out of. Nice, nice. Yeah, that would be really cool. Having lasting impact like that, I think, makes people feel like they're a real part of the world. Yeah, um, investment. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the benefits of have you know potentially having something like that happen in Moolmaster as opposed to with you know Crypt Garden. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of a segue into the season and everything like that. But you know, once we left Crypt Garden, you know, that was it. We never went yeah. back. So yeah. Can I, I just want to interject one thing since it popped into my head that since we mentioned that how important these kind of critical events are, I encourage everyone that can to go to premier events and fill mm-hmm. out those critical event summaries. Oh, yeah. Because they matter so much that we they change the course of a storyline potentially. So please fill them out. Yeah. So go, guys. Go yes. forge the history of the realms. You can be part of it. Go do it. Um, let yeah, me- upstage that silly guy with the pipe. oh what's he know (laughs) uh alan do you have anything to add 
Uh, actually, I mean, we've, we've hit a lot of it. One of the big things that I want to see us really work on and something we've talked quite a bit about is how we can really push the concept of an epic. And I, I know uh, Bill just got into it here, but I mean, epics are more than loot. It's your chance to shape and craft this world as we go forward. And we saw a lot of really cool opportunities in, in Crypt Garden. And then going through the season with all of these expeditions, with all of these events that supported what was going on in the hardbound adventure books, uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat. Well, these expeditions are getting more and more epic on their own. So we're in a storytelling one-up race with ourselves. And it's <laughs> I tell you, man, it's exciting. If anyone listening here has not yet played uh, the uh, Tyranny and Flan adventure, pause the podcast, go play it. <laughs> it's a great example of what we want to do moving forward, and it's phenomenal. Nice. Uh, I don't know. That designer's kind of a hack. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that, that goat? Seriously? Yes. Seriously. Hey, <laughs> do not mock the goat. <laughs> Seriously, don't mock the goat. He's goat. goat. <laughs> All right. Well, let me ask you guys real quick about ending Tyranny of Dragons, right? There are, there are people who in the Encounters program are, uh, you know, beginning Rise of Tiamat or halfway through or ending Horde of the Dragon Queen. Or there's people who are finishing up the expeditions from Tyranny of Dragons. Um, you know, how do you recommend that people who are ending their Tyranny of Dragons storyline transition into the Elemental Evil storyline, not just story-wise, but also, you know, if somebody in casual play plays through, um, they're going to have a level 15 character, and then they got to come back down to one for this season of Encounters, you know? So what recommendations do you guys have? One of the, I mean, one of the good things with our release schedule, as Robert went into earlier, is that we're, you know, right up front, we're going to have some, you know, uh, second tier adventures, like for five to five to tens, just right off the bat, as opposed to having to wait, you know, what do we wait four months for, you know, one dash ten to come out. Um, so, but I still recommend, you know, whip up a first level character and play through uh, City of Danger. Um, Sean has done amazing work. Oh yeah, uh, he did amazing work with Defiance and Flan, and getting you not only familiar with the season itself, the subject of the season, um, but also the city. You know that that you're going to be you know living in for the next you know however many months. Um, so, you know, it, it's just a you know short boat ride across the moon sea to get to Mole Master. But you know, I definitely would recommend you know get, trying out the City of Danger and going from there. Nice, nice. So you recommend that people, even if they do have a higher level character, oh, yeah. also roll. Even if you got a high level character, make some. You know, just make up a first level character. You know, just having options is never a bad thing. Uh, make a first level character and play through City of Danger. It'll have some really good thematic elements, not only from the city itself, but for the the season at large. Yeah, and play then everything you, you can. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Play it all. Yeah, play it all times. <laughs> you get yeah, you to play more D and D. Play all the things. You definitely can't, you know, play all the adventures with the same character, especially now. You know, if they've mm -hmm. been playing through um, Tyranny of Dragons, they're going to have a higher level character. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've got a bunch of one through fours coming up. So, you know, you're going to need to create at least one character to, uh, to, to, to try out Elemental Evil and to uh, discover uh, Mole Master. Are we going to see adventures in <laughs> Elemental Evil for characters beyond 10th level at some point? Uh, with expeditions, not this season. Mm -hmm. um, I believe the Prince of the Apocalypse is yeah. going up a little bit higher. I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't have it right in front of me. Yes, yeah. but yeah, with expeditions, it's just going to be one through four and then five through ten for this season. For this season, 
Well, that sounds like you guys are, are growing with the characters that are playing through Expeditions, which is pretty cool. Let's talk a little bit about your open submission. You guys have put out a, an open submission for writers. People can take a writing test and send you their credits and, you know, examples of previous work that they've done uh, if they want to come write for the Adventurers League. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? Tell us what you're looking for and how people can uh, go about applying. Well, most certainly. In fact, uh, we've had a decent number of submissions uh, thus far. And one thing, like a misconception I'd like to dispel is that while we like to see previous you know, writing credits and kind of a history of what you may have done, I don't want folks to feel, and we don't want folks to feel intimidated if they don't have, you know, any any writing credits to their name. If you want to go and download the, um, you know, download the test, knock it out, and then shoot that in, by all means. What we're what we're looking for is a that kind of spark of of creativity, some halfway decent grammar usage, and I know it sounds somewhat. Uh, Stentorian, maybe um, to to be stop it to uh, to be able to follow. There's some very basic directions on uh, and that folks have to follow to to send in their submission. And if you kind of if you don't do that, if you look at it and go, you know what? I know they're asking for a half elf and a manacore and some skeletons, blah blah. But I'm going to put an ochre jelly and kind of just do whatever you want. Well, that may be great and creative, but when it comes time, you know, for someone to do, say, I don't know, an expedition, and it comes back and it's not what was agreed upon, that creates a great deal of stress for us, a lot for Travis. Um, so <laughs> we're looking for it's funny because it's true. <laughs> we're looking for folks who are who are creative and and want to work with the team, and it's not a lot of direction. We don't want to stifle, you know, that views, but. There, there is certain standards we have to meet so that we can put out quality stuff for folks to go out and play a lot and, and have fun with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's also part of, like you said, writing in a shared world. Yes. Um, you know, it's it. the Forgotten Realms was created by somebody else. And if you want to write in it, <laughs> uh, you have to write with a whole bunch of other really great writers uh, and work with these guys. Make their lives easier. So follow those rules and, uh, you know, and check them out. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Writer's Test looks like it is a ton of fun. Um, it is. You know, there's a manticore in there, guys. What more do you want? How can you not have fun with a manticore? Exactly. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> All right. Um, so how can people get involved and play in the Adventures League? There are people out there I know listening to this right now saying, ah, oh, if only I could find a store closer to me. So how can these people get involved in the Adventures League? Our, our very first response is as basic as is the game is is the game we're we're working for here, and that's find a group, start rolling dice. The story is what what you get out of it. Uh, now, a little more beyond that is, of course, like we mentioned earlier, we want people to go to these premier events. We want you to go to your local conventions. We want you to go to these national conventions and see all the craziness and experience that with us and help us create the world. Uh, but if that's not an option for you, your favorite local gaming store. Any public play space, uh, uh, brick-and-mortar game shop, can you know order and sanction those events and get that up and moving. Check out Encounters if you want to get right into the core storyline for the season. 
uh, encounters typically on Wednesdays, but, uh, you know, talk to your favorite local store. Uh, some people say, well, I want to go play, but we never have a dungeon master. And how do I get to be a dungeon master? And it's, it's too many rules. The big thing is jump in. It's it, it, if you can tell a story sitting down with your friends uh, over lunch, you can run a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Wizards, I'm talking about, but Wizards has a, a, a website. It's just locator.wizards.com. And there's a link up at the top. You just press D&D and you type in your address, or your zip code, and it pops up a list of all like your WPN stores in the, in the area. And then, uh, yeah, that's a good place to start as well. Absolutely. And if you want to see some of these bigger events, uh, Robert and I have been working on getting some better tools through the dndadventuresleague.org website, uh, including a global convention locator. Uh, it's sort of like the uh, the Wizards uh, play locator, uh, except this is uh, targeted on larger scale events. And I want to add that, you know, stores and conventions um, are all great places to play. Um, but Wizards also recognize that, um, that those aren't the only places people play. You know, you can play D&D Adventures League at home um, with the for sale products with uh, uh, Princes of the Apocalypse um, that's coming out. You'll be able to play that at home with the D&D Adventures League uh, characters. And then if you do, or if your players do end up going to stores or do going end up going to conventions, they can bring those characters and play them there. Uh, in addition, um, a thing that I, uh, you know, it seems like a, not a lot of people know about is that, uh, any in uh, you know in person public play is um, eligible to receive the expeditions adventure. So if you are on a military base anywhere on the world, you know around the world, you know wizards will send you the link to download the adventures. Um, you just have to go. You, you know you can find that um, link by going to the D and D Adventures League website and looking at the get involved page. Um, so if you're at a military base, you can get stuff. If you have like a school club, like a lot of college clubs or high school clubs, um, and any, even if you're just a private person and you want to play at, at a store, or I'm sorry, at a, uh, you know, maybe at a church or at a rec center or at a, a coffee shop, uh, as long as the game is, is, uh, advertised publicly. And so anybody can play, um, and then it's played in person, then, you're eligible to get the D and D expeditions. Um, what about what if I am a store owner or I'm an organizer and I want some more resources to help me out because so many people are coming to play D and D and I need resources. What's uh, what are some helpful places I could go to to find some stuff out? It all depends on what you're looking for. Uh, if you're looking for additional certificates and such, uh, you will need to go through customer service and uh, use the Wizards Event Reporter tool. Uh, it's a free download that Wizards makes available to all the, the brick-and-mortar stores and event organizers. If you're curious about how you might be able to incorporate more players and maybe one-up the way that you're running these events and you're presenting yourself uh, to the public, uh, Hit the site, hit dndadventuresleague.org. Uh, I mean, we regularly publish content. Robert can actually talk about the, uh, the, uh, the, the rotating posts that we put up. Uh, but we're trying to identify methods that people are using to incorporate all of these, uh, all, all these extra folks. Additionally, we've got uh, we, we've got a horde of troops uh, all around the world, our regional coordinators and our local coordinators. 
they are, uh, I mean, they're, they're phenomenal people where it's the group of us doing, you know, the, the global stuff and the, the, the large scale. It's really the regional coordinators and the local coordinators that get into the brick and mortar stores and really drive home what it is that we want to do and make the Adventurers League so much of that shared and interactive storytelling experience. That's awesome. Well, I think you guys are out there. You're doing the Lord's work, uh, spreading D&D to the people. So thank you very much for that. And, uh, of course, where can people find you, Robert? Um, you can find me on the D&D Adventures League website. Um, I'm on Facebook all the time uh, at the D&D Adventures League group. Um, there's also uh, D&D Adventures League groups for kind of every region we have. Um, so there's like six regions for the United States plus several regions around the world um, to find in not only Facebook, but also um, Google+. Plus. We have regional pages on Google+, Plus, plus the main page. Um, and then as a personal page, I'm generally on Twitter at uh, Radu76. It's R-A-D-D-U-7-6. Cool. And people can, of course, find all of that information linked in the show notes for this episode at thetomeshow.com. But it's pretty easy. You just type in D&D Adventurers League on your preferred social network and it will come up. Uh, Greg, Greg, where can people find you? Uh, largely the same places as Robert just said is the best places to look. But if we're ever looking, any search any of your favorite social network. If you look for Scarrett or Scarrett the Green, S-K-E-R-R-I-T, that'll maybe me. I'll pop up. Excellent. And Bill, where can people find you? Uh, usually lurking under a dimly lit porch. Uh, no, I'm on the... Uh, uh, I do not use the tweets. Um, I have not gotten around to that, but uh, I'm on Google Plus and I am on uh, Facebook. And uh, folks can and hit me up at my uh, email address that's on the D&D AL page under the resource manager and I will happily respond. Excellent. And Travis, where can people find you? Uh, kind of like Bill. I'm old and I don't really twit or Instagram or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> but I try to you know, maintain a regular presence on the Adventures League Facebook group. Uh, there's a couple unofficial groups out there um, that I'm on um, arguing with people about rules and stuff like that. Uh, but if you want to just you know, send me an email and tell me if you're having fun or if you're not, um, I can, you can shoot me an email at uh, content at dndadventuresleague.org. Excellent. And Alan, where can people find you? Beneath a pile of feral cats, usually. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Other than that, uh, if if you're a Twitter user, it's at Warftiner. You can get a hold of both Robert and myself through community at dndadventuresleague.org. We're both pretty responsive there. Uh, He uh, he far far more so than me, but uh, I do my best. Excellent. Well, people, if you have a question or topic you'd like to hear us discuss on the roundtable, you can reach out to me on Twitter at James Intercasso. That's at J-A-M-E-S-I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. Or you can leave us a comment on the Tome Show's website, thetomeshow.com. And a quick shameless plug for me, check out my blog, which is all about Exploration Age. It's the fifth edition world that I'm building. It's at worldbuilderblog.me. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. And a huge thanks to Robert, Greg, Alan, Travis, and Bill. 
Many thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tome Show lineup. Our theme music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. And if you like the show, please rate the Tome Show on iTunes and like us on Facebook. Keep on rolling and keep on listening to the roundtable.